we've taken the approach of very concretely saying, here's what you'll need to write anything. Hello, and welcome to the Arts of Language podcast with Andrew Poudois, founder of the Institute for Excellence in Writing, or as many like to say, IEW. My name is Julie Walker, and I'm honored to serve Andrew and IEW as the Director of Marketing. Our goal here is to equip teachers and teaching parents with methods and materials which will aid them in training their students to become confident and competent communicators and thinkers. Hey, Julie, you've got some guests here with you today on our podcast recording. Yes, I looked around the office and found the prettiest girls, and I said, hey, come on in the recording with me today. Which really doesn't matter since it's just audio and <laughs> people can't see how pretty they are. But Tis true. They'll just believe us. Tis true. So before we go into what we're going to be talking about today, I do want to introduce Maria and Ella, who are with us today, and they were actually students in the recording that we did for the high school essay intensive, which is what we're going to talk about today. I remember it well, and I think we even got pictures on the front of the cover. Yes, and so we'll put a link in our show notes to the product, but you can see the beautiful Ella looking at you coyly saying, yep, this is a great course. You should take this. (laughs) Either that or she's saying, yep, I can keep smiling through all sorts of pain and suffering. <laughs> right. There was a lot of pain and suffering that day. Not, I don't know if it was the photographer inflicting the pain and suffering or the writing teacher. Yeah, or a combination there. Or a combination of. of both. So I wish I could remember the actual year that this project, the high school essay intensive, was conducted the very first time at Biola University, where I was working, and my job at the time was well, besides home educating my own sons, was recruiting students to Biola University. And we wanted to be sure that the students we recruited were good writers. And so the high school essay intensive was born out of a need for the new, at the time, the new SAT that was going to add a writing component. So if anybody who's listening to this podcast actually owns the first high school essay intensive, you'll see me introducing Andrew as my friend and guest to Biola University, which, of course, just a handful of years later, I started working directly for you. And that was the first project that we worked on together. It would have been either late 2005 or early 2006 Mm. because we were trying to jump on this, oh, no, the SAT now has an essay portion. Required. And how are you going to game that thing? Mm And so we thought we had some pretty clever tools. Yes, I think we did. I think we did. Then, of course, the SAT, 10 years later, had to redesign itself. Yes, and we had that awkward year or two where we didn't really have a product that could help families with the new SAT directly. So we redid it. It was a good thing, too. Mm -hmm. It's a much superior course in many ways, I Mm -hmm. think. And it's still something that people could do, you know, in one day, all nonstop. I still teach it live that way. And, but it's also with the video, you can break it into smaller chunks and re-listen and take more time on all of the exercises that are suggested as well. Right. And when we were talking about what we were going to say at this podcast before we actually hit the start button to record, it occurred to me that a lot of the parents who 
had the old or still have the old likely don't have teenagers at home anymore. So to compare the old with the new may or may not be relevant. But I do think it would be helpful for you to talk about what is now included in the high school essay intensive. Well, I wanted to make the bulk of it much more generally applicable Mm -hmm. to any type of essay writing or any type of composition and also elevate the thinking skills part of it because so much of having to write an essay on demand is being able to think on demand. And we start in our unit seven with here's your categories of questions, who, what, where, why, when, how, right? And then your sensory questions, what do you hear, what do you see, what do you feel, what do you taste, what do you smell? And then you can get into your philosophical or critical questions. What's the best? What's the worst? Are there problems? If there are, are there solutions? What's the value, significance, and meaning of that? And, you know, those are some pretty good tools for just getting started with inventive writing in Unit 7. But I wanted to take the opportunity to refine that especially since I know that so many of the students coming to the class or who might buy it on video had done a little bit or in sometimes cases a lot of structure and style stuff. But learning structure and style isn't a prerequisite necessarily. No, no. We have people walk right off the street and (laughs) get as much value as anyone. Mm -hmm. But I did want it to not be too repetitive and I wanted to showcase some of the most powerful good ideas that we have. Similarities. I start off the class with an assignment that hopefully has some shock value, right? (laughs) So here's a prompt. You have 20 minutes. Go. And I explain after that to the students that teaching and sales are about the same job, same profession. It's a hurt and rescue operation. If people feel the pain of not having what you can offer them, then they'll be much happier to part with their time, their money, their attentiveness. And I only get maybe one out of 100 kids ends up crying during that (laughs) first 20 minutes. And usually they're younger than they should be to be in Mm. that class. But that seemed to work very well to say, okay, now let's back it all up and look at some fundamental principles of thinking and writing. Well, and let me just ask you about that. Actually, I don't want to ask you. I want to ask our girls... Do you recall when Andrew actually had you write that essay? And if so, how did you feel? Well, as soon as Mr. Pudua told us that we were going to have to write this essay, I had a mini panic attack inside because (laughs) I don't normally like to write essays. It's not my favorite thing to do, mostly because I don't really think that my writing is as good as it could be. And I was also really worried that he was going to make me go up there and read it out loud, which is... (laughs) What I really didn't want to do, but afterwards, it was really nice because he just made us write the essay. We spent 20 minutes on it, and then afterwards, he made us analyze it. He went deeper into it. He explained the different ways to write essays, the different essays, and then the sentence openers. And then towards the end, he said, I want you guys to go mark up how many subject sentence openers you had or how many LY sentence openers you had. And it made me feel a lot more relaxed because mine were a lot of them were subject sentence openers, except also a lot of them were the other ones because I had past experience with IEW, so I knew a lot of them already, but it definitely made me feel a lot more relaxed that he just, he taught us the process, and he said, it's okay if all of them are subject openers, but the point is, is I wanted to teach you that you don't always want subject (laughs) openers, but you want to make sure that 
they include much more. Basically, he used that initial exercise throughout the course. That was very helpful that way, too. What about you, Ella? What do you remember about that first hurt and rescue operation? Did you feel hurt? Did you feel rescued? I was really first just a little shocked because usually we start somewhere and we get into it a little bit and he's always very there and ready for the questions and it was just write an essay and I had no idea where to start. I wasn't sure what I was going to do with it and then I remember after finishing it I was just thinking I really hope no one reads this and by the end of the course I felt a lot more confident in my writing and I think that that first initial kind of what Maria said panic attack really helped us look back on it in a full perspective and see exactly what we had improved on and what we should work on in the future. Great. I love to hear stuff like that. (laughs) It is kind of a universal reaction, the shock or the, I don't know what to do. And then at the end, basically, I replicate that same idea, and everybody now has a full toolbox to work with. Structural ideas, such as how to organize paragraphs, or how to organize a paragraph using the triac model. Mm -hmm the topic, restriction, illustration, analysis, clincher, and also to be aware of the sentence openers and stylistic techniques that you could do if you weren't under too much pressure to have to think of what to write, you could now pay more attention on how to write. So mm-hmm. it all it all comes together in the end very nicely. So when we first came out with the high school essay intensive, there was the new SAT, and now we have the new, new SAT, <laughs> as well as a new ACT. Does, does this course address those? Yes, I think our plan was to make it somewhat modular right? so that the morning session would be solid and could last through any future changes that might occur. And then the afternoon sessions could actually be redone just in case the SAT redesigns itself again. Yeah, probably when, not if. Yeah, or the ACT adopts Mm -hmm. a different type of essay. And we finished up with the college application essays, which that's pretty much always the same. But I'm very happy about how we've taken the approach of very concretely saying, here's what you'll need to write anything, the canons of rhetoric, right? So organization, that's one thing, or what's sometimes called arrangement. Invention, the what to say. And then the style, or what could be called the locution. And so we spend the bulk of the morning on those three areas, starting with organization, length dictate structure, what's your target length. One thing I did develop since we did the first one that I think is profoundly helpful for students is this little math problem. Mm -hmm. How do you translate number of words or number of pages or worst case scenario, number of characters, how do you translate that into number of paragraphs? So if one of my goals for the day is if if the kids go off to some other teacher or take a college class and someone says, write a three, three to four page paper, I want them to be able to say, okay, three to four pages at Times Roman 12 point Microsoft Word default margins or whatever the style guide says would be X number of words X divided by my personal paragraph average will be Y number of paragraphs. And then then they can say, okay, what I need is 5 or 6 or 7 or 9 or 12 or 17 paragraphs. Because if the student knows the target length in terms of number of paragraphs, 
then they know how much information to collect up, either from an external source, if it's research, or how many ideas to collect up out of the brain if they're having to write on demand from their own memory experience or imagination. And I think that is just a profoundly useful thing. Mm -hmm. It's such a practical tool, and yet a lot of kids would, wouldn't think to do that. They would deal with, okay, three pages. Do I just write until I have three mm -hmm. pages? I, I, how do I know when I've got enough? So that the arrangement or the organizational goal becomes essential for the invention process. Great. Right? Which is why I do that first. It's how are you going to organize this? What's your target length? What's each paragraph's purpose? Now let's go collect up the information and fill those paragraphs. So I don't know if I've ever told you this story, but when I was in my MBA program, I was writing a paper and I did exactly what you described. I figured out what my average length of paragraphs was and I figured it was about 120 words. And then I figured that I needed for this, now I'm gonna have to do math. <laughs> but I needed a certain number of paragraphs. Right. I had it all figured out with my super intro, super conclusion, broke it into three essays. I ran out of pages. Apparently, I underestimated Your how long my, my paragraphs were, so I really had to shorten my number of paragraphs or figure out how to say what I was trying to say more concisely, which is a problem that I generally have anyway. So, Did you get an A? I, of course I did. <laughs> <laughs> I graduated with high honors from that program because I could write. Thank you, boss. Good, good. So that's laid out very nicely. And of course, we came out with the idea of our portable walls for the essayist. Mm -hmm. And I really like that idea because it's one thing to learn something and hear it in a class and kind of shove it into your brain and try to carry it around, but none of us are very good at that. And having that ready reminder of the options and the formats, I think, I hope, will be a real blessing to most of the participants who get it. Yes, and I do want to come back to what's included when you purchase the high school essay intensive as a product because that portable wall for the essayist is in there. But before we go much further, I do want to ask Maria, because she did say, ah, you know, writing, not my thing, something like that. But math is her thing. And I wanted to know what, if anything, you remember about that length dictates structure formula that Andrew gave you. Did you find that to be helpful? Actually, yes, I did. Currently in classical conversations at the end of the semester, we have a 10-page research paper due. So I was really kind of stuck on the point like, what research do I really need and how am I going to find all this information? Am I actually going to make the 10-page mark? But I found it really, really helpful if I just did took the division process you taught and divided the topics because my research paper is on sociopaths. So I would divide the topics wow. into certain things, their behavior, what causes it. And then I would find certain things under that. And so it really helped me to figure out how many paragraphs I actually did need and what points I could actually go at instead of just research sociopaths. And it'd be very disorganized. But now it's more of an organized structure instead of it going everywhere. So I did find the formula you did very helpful, even though I didn't really like the fact that I had to measure everything and do the translate from this to this. But I did find that if I divided the topics and then I would estimate how many paragraphs it would take for each topic, then I found that it, would, that it was easier, yeah, that the planning was a lot easier. Ella, as you reflect back on the day of the high school essay intensive, what do you, what is your fondest memory besides lunch? <laughs> besides lunch 
the camera in her face. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that stood out to me the most throughout these two days of learning is basically that whenever we, whenever I eventually take the SAT or the ACT, instead of just going in without a game plan, without any idea of what I'm going to be doing, but with some sort of method of writing, something behind me in my brain that I already know, no matter what the topic is, I have a way to approach it and to address it with confidence. It was very inspiring and it made me feel a lot better about this approaching test that I'll have to take. So when do you expect you'll be taking the SAT or ACT? What, what do you think you'll be taking? Well, I'm a freshman in high school, so maybe my junior year. Okay, so you've got a couple of years. I've got a little while to prepare. <laughs> They'll probably change it again before then. Anyway, <laughs> we'll make a new video, and you can sit in that one. It is interesting, though, that the SAT completely changed its essay from what was an argumentative essay based on the student's opinion about some issue to being an analytical essay where they specifically say, don't tell your opinion, tell how this other writer tells his opinion. So I have to teach a class about how someone should read an essay and explain how the essayist does what he does. It's like an inception thing, you know, <laughs> right, a dream exactly. within a dream, an analysis of an analysis of analysis. <laughs> but it is a very different ballgame. And so anyone who is going to be going in to take that SAT test really should get some practice doing it. Otherwise, they'll just be floundering. And I think a lot of students don't have a strategy for writing an analytical essay like that. And now... We've got this, I think, mm -hmm. pretty down. Mm -hmm. And if you understand our system and then practice a few times. That's the other thing, Ella. Before you go in there, practice it a few times. Mm -hmm. Then, like you said, whatever they throw at you, you'll, you'll be more confident to face it. What I love about this version of the high school essay intensive is what you already mentioned. It has more broader application. It's not just the SAT. It's not just the ACT, which is a good thing because those are now optional. The colleges in some cases are not even looking at what the students are writing as a consideration to admittance, which is a little little frightening. So Ella, I'm just wondering, in light of the fact that you likely won't be doing the ACT or SAT writing portion in the next year or so, are you finding any application to what you learned when you were a part of this high school essay intensive? Definitely. I think just a lot of it was learning how to write eloquently and learning how to use the words that were given. And I definitely see a difference in my writing, especially especially in my organization, because I remember before I went, got into Mr. Pudwa's writing programs, I kind of would just start writing. I would just start the intro and just start writing, and then I would go back and see, oh, what do I need to change? And it would kind of end up a mess. And now that I have a model and a way of sorting through things and sectioning the different parts of work off, I noticed that my essays have improved significantly. Oh, if all freshman comp teachers could have you. <laughs> and I do want to say this. Neither Maria nor Ella knew we were going to be having this conversation 
more than an hour ago, not even. So they're not really prepared to... Yeah, they would have written whole speeches if you (laughs) let them know in advance, but that would defeat the spontaneity of the podcast environment. Exactly. So Maria talked about the sentence openers and how she had the opportunity to evaluate her essay and looked at sentence openers, and you teach the sentence openers as a part of this course. But you also go into more advanced style in terms of decorations, schemes, tropes. Can you explain a little bit of that? The figures of speech Mm -hmm. or literary devices, whatever you want to call them, are numerous, to say the least. Uh, They run into the dozens, possibly over 100, depending on what book or what list you use. And most of them have obscure Greek-sounding names, like polysyndeton. (laughs) And some of them are so similar to others of them you can't really figure out why are these things called different things when they look so similar. So I wanted to provide just a gentle introduction that was more than just our list of decorations, you know, Mm -hmm. the six basic ones from the TWSS syllabus, and pique the interest. So here's 10, and if you want, you can go learn some more. Mm -hmm. Some of them were already familiar to most students, things like alliteration, simile, and metaphor, Throw in a couple new ones, epistrophe and anaphora. And now you've got a couple more vocabulary words, and you also can know intentionally how people who speak very well or write very well use that particular device. And in the course, I read some famous sections of writing that illustrate those various schemes or tropes. The schemes are those things which appeal to the senses. So things like alliteration, anaphora, you hear the pattern repeating, it creates rhyme, it's it's beautiful to hear. There's a loveliness of the language that appeals to the ear. And then tropes are those things which appeal to the imagination. So things like simile metaphor personification, where you use a comparison or an exaggeration and it has an effect, maybe a humorous effect, maybe a mystifying effect, maybe a dramatic effect. And really, we don't spend a huge amount of time on that. But I do try to say, hey, there's a lot of cool stuff out there. Here's 10 things you can try. And if you want to, go get yourself some more tools in your toolbox. Yes, and of course, I sat through the whole seminar as the project manager for this particular course. And that was one of my most favorite parts of that. I just love language and just that little bit, just like you said, it's just a little bit, but it's kind of like the dessert, fun to enjoy hearing your samples. And I was thinking of the talk that we did with Sharon Ashford, where we were talking about Black History Month and Martin Luther King's speech, I Have a Dream, and all of the literary devices he includes in that speech. And listening to that recently reminded me of how much fun it was to sit through this course and have you share those different ideas. And the students can also, from those samples, see that Martin Luther King used a technique very similar to, say, what Charles Dickens used, Mm -hmm. or Winston Churchill, people that we revere as having been great communicators in their way at their time for their purpose. There's those common techniques that any of us can learn and practice and apply. Mm -hmm. So what are the things are new to this course? Well, as I talked a little bit about the questions, the invention process, I wanted to be a little more specific. Yes. And so we identified four invention tools. The one that's most common is division, 
And as Ella was saying, and I think Maria mentioned it too, the idea of having the big subject and then breaking it into components. It's a simple analytical tool. And if you can do that, then you can start collecting up information and planning. If you can't do that, you're dead in the water. Mm -hmm. And so that we teach that, you know, I think quite clearly in unit seven, although we don't call it that. But mm-hmm. what are the things about aspects of topics pertaining to this subject? There's your list of possible topics, and you go from there. What other tools of thinking are there, though? There's nothing particularly stunning, but it is sometimes nice to know how to consciously do what we do or subconsciously do. The next thing would be comparison. Our minds do this. When we meet a new person, we go, oh, that he kind of reminds me of so-and-so, or we go to a new place and think, oh, this is kind of like that. And the reason that we do this is so we can understand things better and and usually a little faster. So, oh, this place is like that place in these ways, or this place is different than that place in these ways. This idea or philosophy is similar to that idea, and then we can understand both better. That's why simile and metaphor are so critical in rhetoric, because those similes and metaphors help the reader or the listener understand the thing you're pointing to, mm-hmm. hopefully help them understand right. it better. So comparison, then there's application. This is really the question of, so what? <laughs> right. I, I met a teacher once. He said, I, I use the so what teaching method. Okay. I said, what is that? And he goes, well, you just keep asking, so what? So what? So what? <laughs> so what? What's the application? What's the way that you can make that useful or significant in the world? Right. So we're moving our department to our new office in Tulsa. Of course, your question is when, but mm-hmm. if you use the so what method, so what's that going to do for us? Mm-hmm. So what's that going to do for us? So what's that going to do for our customers? So what, so what, so what? I thought that's kind of interesting. I stored it way back in the back of my brain. And then as I began to study these topics of invention, I realized that's exactly what application is all about. Then the last one of the four, and there's more, of course, and anyone wants to get deep into this, go study Aristotle, but would be significance. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. to whom does this have application or meaning? So the question there is, who cares? So what? Who cares? This so sounds what? a little derogatory. This sounds like something a teenager would probably get in trouble for asking too many times. Well, lots of children ask too many questions. And then if we successfully shut them up, mm. then they won't ask questions and they can become neat little cogs in our system. <laughs> but what if we take that natural proclivity towards asking questions in children mm-hmm. and train it into systematic thinking, mm-hmm. asking even better questions empowering it with logic, well, we might have a whole nation of thinking people again. Wow. (laughs) Sounds great. It sounds scary. (laughs) Well, it sounds scary if you're a politician. (laughs) So I think the whole area of content, invention, and those tools for invention, that's much improved. Mm -hmm. Again, the sentence openers, I always say way back before you met me, I was doing this talk, Instant Improvement in Writing, and that's what I taught. Yep. Because if you want to instantly improve your style, just start paying attention to your sentence openers, Mm -hmm. and immediately your prose will be more varied and the readers will appreciate it more. Mm -hmm. It's it's funny. It's a simple trick. 
anyone can learn it, anyone can practice it, anyone can do it. But then when people do it, everyone's surprised, like, oh, you write so well. Wow, that's so good. How did you ever learn to do that? You've heard me tell the story of this woman in a master's level program, mm -hmm. right? She's, she's writing a master's thesis for a degree in education. And she comes to my seminar. She goes home and reads her thesis that she's got going so far. It's 80 some percent of the sentence is all subject opener. As she's rewriting the next draft, she just starts switching things up, putting in some phrases or clauses, punctuating things with a very short sentence. She takes it in and her, her mentor at this school says, wow, I don't know what you did, but this reads so much better. Nice. And she just kind of laughed and thought, well, it wasn't that tough. <laughs> right. You just have to know the trick. Yes, I like to say that IEW, Teaching, Writing, Structure, and Style in particular, is a writing methods course. Well, if only we could get it into some of the education departments at some of the universities and, and see it spread a little more. Yes. Other than that, I think, of course, the SAT is an analysis essay. The ACT is kind of a hybrid. They want you to analyze a position and express your own position. And we came up with a mm -hmm. way to game that thing. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the college application essays are lots of fun because you know, <laughs> some of them are mundane. Why do you want to come to the school? Mm -hmm. And then some of them are weird. Mm -hmm. Like that one, would you rather be raised by robots, aliens, Dinosaurs. Or dinosaurs. Yes. <laughs> and why? I'm thinking, Wow. hmm, I guess you could tell something about a student <laughs> in the way they answered the question, but I'm not sure as a parent I would want to pay for the school that asked that question. <laughs> Nevertheless, you know, it's something the kids can have fun with. So right. I think all in all, we work real hard, and I thank you and, of course, Maria and our editing team and everybody and Ella and Maria who was there. Maria's our other Maria. Our editor. She keeps me safe. Yes, she does. <laughs> you keep me safe. And I guess if we have to redo it because things change, then the third iteration will be even more interesting. I do want to mention just that you, this year in 2017, are doing what we're calling the High School Essay Intensive Tour, where you are visiting several cities across the United States, Honolulu, Maine, Arkansas, Tennessee, which at this recording, you've already done those. Rancho Cucamonga. Yes, listeners, there's a real place called Rancho Cucamonga. <laughs> and I have a dear friend who lives there. That's coming up. And then you're going up to Alaska, Iowa, and three or four other places. So you've got a dozen or so places that you're visiting across the United States doing this. Now, Ella mentioned two days. We did shoot this in two days just because we had to stop and take those pictures, which you girls just loved taking those pictures, <laughs> didn't you? But it just took a little bit more time. But this is a one-day course. You start bright and early at 8.30 and Good. end at... 3.30 on the dot. 3.30 on the dot. Kids are exhausted, but happy. Happy. Happy, happy and ready to tackle their next writing assignment, but maybe not their chores. They might be a little too tired to do chores. <laughs> but we also, of course, offer this as a video course that features, well, you, of course, as the instructor, and several students, including Ella, Maria, and another dozen or so of their best friends <laughs> that showed up that day and were willing to participate with us in that course. And so I, I have in my hand the DVD wallet that includes a card Ella, there's your picture again. I don't know if you knew that. And it tells you how you can actually stream this video content. So if you don't have a 
disk drive in your home. You can still <laughs> enjoy the course. And then several DVDs, part 1A, and that's the general strategies that you do in the morning. 1B is more of that. And then the ACT, the SAT, and the college essay application. So it's a five-disc set along with the handouts that, and these are the actual handouts that Andrew passes out to the students in a live course. And then in this box, we bundle this in a portable wall for the SAS. Now, when you do this live, you have the portable wall for the SAS on the table at the back for them to pick up on their special way Special gift for surviving. That's a special gift for surviving. So it's a, I think we've, we've put together a lovely package, and I do think that this is going to help many, many high school students and maybe college students game <laughs> the SAT or ACT, but more importantly, help them learn how to write for life. We hope so. Listen, speak, read, write, and think. Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, you can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes or Stitcher, or just visit us each week at iew.com slash podcast. Until then, on behalf of Andrew Poudois and the team at IEW, I thank you for the privilege of allowing us to partner with you on this educational journey toward better listening, speaking, reading, writing, and thinking. Thank you.